0: Welcome to the IC Disc Show: Interviews with business owners, industry leaders, and tax experts sharing how the IC Disc can benefit your bottom line profits. Check out the show notes at icdiscshow.com. This show is brought to you by the IC Disc Alliance. Discover how the premier IC Disc consulting firm supports you at icdisc.com. And by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Dave Spray.
1: Hi, this is David Spray, and welcome to another episode of the IC Disc Show. I had a great guest on today, Jerry Vaughn, who's the founder and president of Jay Galt. And for those of you who are big Ayn Rand fans, you may recognize that name. It's inspired by the character John Galt from the book, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. So Jay Galt is a disruptor in the business financing world. And basically, they allow Main Street companies, privately held, closely held, small to medium sized companies to get access to the same corporate credit opportunities that large public companies have. And one of the biggest benefits of this approach is it allows smaller companies to get rid of the personal guarantee. I know for many of my clients, that's one of their big frustrations is they really don't want to be personally guaranteeing business credit, business debt. Oftentimes, it's because their spouse isn't keen on using their house as collateral for a business loan. So it's a great episode. We talk about a variety of different things, some stories about customers of theirs. They have a membership program, and it's really a great service that I find to be really intriguing. So I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did. Good morning, Jerry. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing fantastic, David. I appreciate you having me on today.
1: Well, my pleasure. So where are you calling in from today? What part of the world are you in?
0: The big metropolis of Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: Ah, well, one of your suburbs, I think, has the most roundabouts of any city in the country. Carmel? Yes. Carmel? Carmel
0: Carmel in California and Carmel in Indiana, just like the candy you would eat.
1: Sure. Have you been through any of those famous Carmel roundabouts?
0: Actually, where I live, Carmel, Fishers, wow. Noblesville, there's it's the city, sister cities of roundabouts. Yes, I actually like them. At first, I was like, what is this? But actually, it moves traffic and sufficient as long as the people in front of you know, understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually heard a podcast with like the mayor of Carmel because something like Carmel accounts for like more than 50% of all the roundabouts in the U.S. It's a crazy number. And he was talking about all the benefits. And he said the only drawback, he said there's a few times during the day, like at crun at peak traffic times, where it's arguably a little less efficient. But he said the other 23 and a half hours a day, it's far more efficient because you never have to wait for a stoplight. And he talks about if you've ever been driving in the middle of the night and you come up to a stoplight and there's no traffic within a mile, any direction, but <laughs> technically you're supposed to wait for the light to turn.
0: That is correct, technically.
1: <laughs> technically, correct. I find when it's th- if it's three o'clock in the morning, I ask myself, have I had any drinks this evening? And if I have, then I'm going to wait for the light to turn. <laughs> and if I mm-hmm. hadn't had any drinks that night, then how much trouble can I get into?
0: That is exactly right. I do the same thing. I'm like, well, there's nobody anywhere. And this light, You sat there and it feels like it's been 10 minutes, probably been a couple. But I'm like, really? Why am I sitting here at a stoplight?
1: I know. So, uh, so are you a native of Indiana?
0: I am. I was actually born in Hoopston, Illinois, but uh, we grew up in a Western city in Indiana. So almost okay. to the Illinois border, but I've grown up as a Hoosier most of my okay. life. Nice. So
1: let's get into your business. So your okay. the name of the company resonated with me immediately because there's a character in one of my all-time favorite books by the name of John Galt, and there's a famous phrase from the book called, Who is John Galt? Now, is this just coincidence, this Jay Galt, or is there any connection?
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because it doesn't stand for Jerry Galt. I can tell you that, right? <laughs> So, we couldn't use John Galt because it's obviously patent and has a huge following, but it is off the premise of the book Atlas Shrugged by Ann Rand. So, mm-hmm. who is John Galt? The whole story of the government takeover, small business and controls and regulations and all of that. And that fish, you know, book that was written by a Russian immigrant that understood communism sure. came over. She in the saw it first. 1940s, And she said, what is going on? I'm saying the same stuff right here. So she wrote that fictional book in the 50s, as you know, but it's kind of a big deal and it's coming out and there's a big following and people get it. But yeah, you're exactly right. It is John Galt. So it's probably
1: actually not a bad filtering process because I find that there's three types of people in the world. There's people who've read Atlas Shrugged and think it's one of the greatest artistic works of all time. There's folks who've read it and think she's the devil, and it's the worst thing ever written. And then there's folks who've never heard of it. So I find that people tend to fall in one of three camps. There's not many people that are like, yeah, I think I read it. I think I vaguely remember something about it. So it's probably a good self-selection process, right? Because the people who read it and think it's the most evil book ever written probably aren't the mindset of your ideal customer, I'm guessing. So probably it's pretty here.
0: close right but the, it's just surprising and how many people know even myself as we name the company you know your reticular activation system in your head just like when we buy a car right and then after we buy a right. car you start driving around like man look at all the people that bought the car i have this is exactly. great people following my lead now they were already there i see who is john galt stickers on the back of bumpers and on the back of their windshield i've just it blows me away but you're exactly right most of the entrepreneurs, because we are working only with Main Street business owners, okay, small and medium sized companies, not the Wall Street companies. So those are the people we're serving. And most of them, all of us that own businesses and have done that, get the challenges and the works. And we're just trying to do the best we can to serve the communities and then build a profitable and a great company with our services or products.
1: Sure. No, I I like it. So the Her book, The Fountainhead, I have a slight preference for. Like, I mean, they're my two favorite books, you know, fictional books ever written for sure. But I have a slight preference for The Fountainhead, but only because the individualistic aspect. I assume you've read The Fountainhead too. Yes. The individualistic aspect of The Fountainhead just resonates a little more. There's a great line in there where work has to sell an architectural commission to a committee. And the yeah. committee all wanted to make changes to it. And his sponsor like, they're minor, go for it. As you you know, recall, he like, can't do it. But he had a great line in there where he was talking, I think to his, his buddy, his Irish construction buddy, explaining why he didn't get it. And he said, you know, I've never sold a project to a committee. Yes. And that really resonated because that's how I've always been in my career. It's like, you know, If I meet the entrepreneur and I have a conversation and it's a fit, good things happen. But when it's a committee, I don't seem to have much, much luck.
0: I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. And that's when I, you know, it's amazing. It's, I agree with you. Both those books are in my top favorite fictional books ever written. But I think there's a lot of great content, especially for the entrepreneur of what you have to do. I mean, if you're not a disruptor, if you kind of stay under a ceiling and you're like hey i'm not going to change what you're i don't know what your thoughts are but i kind of say that if you're an entrepreneur a successful entrepreneur normally you're kind of a freak right you're looked at mm-hmm. as a freak in the industry and i think that's well put on the committee i'm not here to uh, appease the committees i'm here to disrupt the industry on how main street and business owners will get funding not just through how the traditional style is so that's not our cup of tea. So I think the whole Atlas Shrugged and Fountainhead, even though they're fictional books, there's a lot of great content and I think some kind of rules of engagement for the entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. I was just before this, I had a call with a colleague and he really had very little familiarity with Ayn Rand's work and barely heard of it. So he had just bought the Audible for Fountainhead. So I'd recommend you start with Fountainhead. So- but we'll see how that, how that goes. That's excellent. excellent. So, so, so talk to me. So what are you guys doing to help those, you know, privately held, closely held, you, you call them main street businesses, you know, what's kind of your sweet spot revenue wise? I get, it's probably a broad one, but like for us, like 90% of our clients are, have revenues between 10 million and a hundred million. Like what's your sort of sweet spot where most of your clients fall in?
0: I'd say two hundred and fifty thousand to four hundred and fifty million a year. So I know if you're saying. You narr- what, what if say. you had to
1: narrow it. What if you had to narrow it down a little bit? Go ahead. Our
0: sweet spot today, David, is probably somewhere in that, I'm gonna say 10 to 25 million is our sweet okay. spot. You get to the 100 and 250 million dollar companies they do have a lot of cash flow and they've got profits and they've got you know banks that give them lay- lines of credit even though they're personally guaranteed. So it's a little harder to get in the door but we're getting in the door with those now and they're seeing what what's going on but our sweet spot today would be that 10 to 25 million.
1: Okay, that is helpful. And the reason I narrowed you down here is because our audience who cpas and attorneys who have clients when you say two hundred fifty thousand to 450 million it doesn't quite resonate when you say 10 to 25 now all of a sudden they can think of their clients are in the 10 to 25 range so 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 talk to me and you kind of touched on it talk to me about this whole personal guarantee thing and and there's probably i'm guessing some history behind it so what's the story and talk to me about this personal guarantee thing
0: yeah so when we say we're disruptors and i just want to make sure that your audience understands you know the 250 to 450 when you look at your ein that tax number that you get from the irs that's just like your ssn to building personal credit your ein can build company credit your company has its own credit score and its own report and so does your personal social security number so when i give that broad scope just for your audience you get someone that's just starting out, whether it's a startup or they're cranking out 20000 a month, it just gets hard to try to get funding without what? Bank revenue statements, tax returns, right. business plans, revenue, looking at your personal credit, just to try to get the operating budget to be able to run your company and then to yeah. grow and scale and take seize opportunities to grow and scale because we all know as entrepreneurs that when you have an opportunity in front of you, it's not like you can plan and then just hits exactly when it happens. When you need to seize an opportunity, you don't have 60 to 90 days to qualify for it. So we look at what Jay Galt's main premise is and our advantage and really how we impact that entrepreneur in the world is what we do is we focus on the EIN and to build credit on that, it's actually very simple, has nothing to do with revenue has nothing to do with what your financials, your tax returns, or how long you've been in business. It's just about taking that tax number and making it fundable so you can get access to corporate vending and lending. And your rates are typically 0 to 5%. I mean, we're getting people vehicle and equipment loans at 1.9% corporate credit cards are zero percent on three to 12 month terms right not just on balance transfers so that's the power that's how your walmarts and googles and amazons and your apples of the world are able to do what you and i david have no problem with paying interest as long as it's a positive arbitrage what we can't do is pay you know 30 to 50 percent in interest when we're only making 25 to 35 percent in money so sure. how you flip the script is you got to get access and get your company fundable so you can get access to banks monies to leverage that at better rates and terms so you can grow and scale without going into what debt risk or paying too much in interest where it's not a profitable proposition we see that every day and i know you do david right people get in these small little bridge loans and if they don't get them paid off they'll come or right. foreclose on your mortgage
1: and then the other aspect of it then is when it's when the underwriting is done on the company's EIN, there's less of a need for personal guarantee, right? Because they're under underwriting the business. Typically,
0: that doesn't even come into play. Your credit score, your personal inquiries, or what your credit score looks like—that has nothing to do with building company credit. Is vanilla? It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You're a democrat or republican what your religion is because it's a tax number there's no bias on that number where that can come into play on your personal credit right when you walk into a bank sure. but it doesn't have that when you're looking at a company's index because mm-hmm. a company is not a man or a woman or a democrat or republican or a certain type right. of it's where your social security is tied to an individual your ein that tax number is tied to the company
1: okay well, that, that that sounds good. And is the motivation for your customers trying to get rid of the personal guarantee or trying to get better interest rates on borrowing?
0: Most of the time, they get tired of the personal guarantee business, right? You're married, your wife's like, you're not putting the house on the line, right? Exactly. So if you want money, they always have you check a box and do a little initial where, hey, we're going to give you the money because we believe in you and you believe in your business. We just need you to check the box and this is just a what." This is just a normality but if something would happen we know that's going to happen but if something would happen you understand the banks right since we're giving you money is we'll have access to your 401ks your kids college funds your second home your cars your current home your family's living underneath that's right. just a technicality so a lot of them want to get out of the personal guarantee business or they don't grow in scale because they don't want to risk tying up their personal assets to leverage to their company's funding so that's the first thing but getting corporate capital on your EIN, you're going to get 10, 20, 30, hundred times the amount of money on your company than you're ever going to get on your SSN because you're only going to stretch that personal credit bubble so far because then they're looking at underwriting risk on you personally. Right. They look at the company's revenue, but the company has nothing to do with it. If you don't have a corporate credit, they're always going to look at your EIN first, but there's usually nothing there. So they always revert what back to revenue, bank statements, underwriting risk, AR balances, invoicing. So there's a lot that goes into that. So you can see how complex that gets and how it can what? Limit you on getting and seizing opportunities. And then more importantly, getting better rates in terms of run the operations so you can leverage the bank's money. Because David, you and I get this, right? I'd rather use the bank's money than my money. I'd rather take my money and put it in vehicles that does what with my money? Growth.
1: No, that uh, that really makes a lot of sense. So what's the disruption you're doing is basically bringing this Wall Street credit access to Main Street businesses? Is that?
0: Education, that- right? First thing we do is I always ask an owner, I said, hey, what's your personal credit score? And they always answer, right? 720. What's your company's credit score? What do you think I get most of the time?
1: Right. No idea. I what are no you idea. talking about?
0: Right. So we have a seven-step blueprint, but we're all about education. We're not here to sell anything. We're here to serve. So just like in the whole Atlas Shrug with Jay Galt, John Galt, right? We're here to serve and connect with people and give them education on things that they don't know. It's not the CPAs or the accounting firm's fault. It's not the bankers. It's not the tax attorneys. That's not their job of what they do. What Jay Galt does is we do the same thing. People understand personal credit. They just don't understand company credit and how easy it is to get there. There's just a secret set of rules. So our job is to educate you on the seven-step blueprint of how you can get your company fundable so you as the owner can survive storms, right? You don't have to worry about the four things that can take the legs out of a business. Economy. You, you and I, do we have control over economy, David? Nope. How about inflation? Nope. Does that impact us? Sure. Sure it does. How about a government regulation? No control, no, almost green. no
1: control. I mean, in theory, if you're part of a lobbying group, you know, you might, but very little. And very what's little. the first one?
0: Yeah. But and what's then the you're going to have to have some capital to have some of these lobbyist groups, right? They're not sure, free. Sure. And then the second thing is just a, you ever, I don't know if you've had experienced experience one of these at all, David, but you ever heard of a pandemic? <laughs> I think
1: I have. I think we had one of those like a hundred years ago. Yeah. I heard about it.
0: 1918,
1: yeah. I think we had
0: one. Yeah, I think it was. If we had anything close, I know you and I have never experienced one of those lately, right? No,
1: no, but even
0: on that kind sure. cripple of crippled business, Some, it's a lot of businesses actually did a really great job. Sure, there's a lot that it really affected. There's over, you know, 60% of businesses haven't even made it back to pre-pandemic revenues today because they raise the prices, inflation's there. I mean, you've got a lot of things going against you. So how do you survive that? And how do you get through those things? How do you prepare for the storms and survive the storms? And it's really about if it makes sense for the business on you moving forward and getting to the goals or solving the challenges, but it's really about getting fundability on your company. That's the answer to that question or challenge. It's the most vexing problem with small and medium-sized businesses today is getting cash flow.
1: Okay. So I love stories. I think they they educate well. Do you have a story or two of like a client of yours that you could talk about anonymously uh, yeah. and maybe kind of set up what their scenario was before they met you? What's their scenario like now? know yeah. that came to mind?
0: Yes. We have a guy that's in the contracting business out of North Carolina. We'll call him Randy. Okay. okay. But he came to us and we actually approached him and we had a conversation, but he's been in business for almost eight years doing doing well, has access to his local Chevy dealer, his local bank where he deposits his money and his credit score wasn't bad. He said, oh, I know how to do this. I have a Dun & Bradstreet number. Right? That's the largest credit bureau like TransUnion is on our consumer side. Dun & Bradstreet is on the business credit side because there's a there's business credit reporting agencies and there's personal credit reporting agencies, right? Okay. Well, personal credit reporting agencies has nothing to do with your company. It's the business credit reporting agencies that have everything to do with your company. So that's another tip that I'll give your uh, viewers out there and listeners today, right? Okay. So, But with Randy, as we were having the conversation, with Randy, as we were having the conversation, David, he understood it, but he really didn't because where he was going and putting his deposits in, he just thought this the way it was, and he actually was doing pretty well. He had a credit line recommendation of about 67000 on his company when we ran his company credit report. After four months and just getting his EIN fundable, the same Chevy dealer that he's been buying his vehicles for and for the last eight years, he's been getting anywhere between a 9 and 15% rate. Wow. After four months with Jay and focusing on his company EIN, that tax number. He walked into the same Chevy dealer and got his lowest vehicle, right? Bought a $51,000 van for 1.9% interest rate. Wow. And that's impactful. He looked at me and goes, Jerry, I can buy five of these vans now instead of just one at a time, right? Because that interest rate is so impactful. So it's just about, he's still going to pay interest, but- 9% 9% or 1% or 2%, which one's better sure. for a company? right? Sure. So that's one success story. And that was just after four months. of. it's all intentional work. It doesn't take a lot, by the way, just so if you're asking, it only takes two to three hours a month to do this. I didn't say a day or a week per month, okay. but it's like going to the gym, David. I mean, you're a healthy guy, right? You can sign up for a membership just because we're paying for a membership for the gym. Do we get six pack abs or do we get a healthy heart just because we're we pay a membership for a gym? Unfortunately, not. Or is there a thing you just take three pills a day and you can get physically healthy?
1: There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what,
0: that's what we're selling today. We're living in a meat gratification world, right? We want food today. We got DoorDash. We want same day shipping. We want our stuff today. And that's the world we live in. But to get access to that, it does take the hustle and muscle. It doesn't take a lot, but you're going to have to do the work. It's just like taking a walk every day for 30 minutes. is so good for our health and our heart. And it's hard for us to find time to schedule it. But just like this, you have to put in the work if you're going to get your company financed and funded, right? So that's sure. one story. Second story is we have a real estate investor, okay, down in Texas, right. okay? And he's been in business for over 20 years. I mean, he's a Texan. I mean, you know, Texas, I mean, it's the Republic of Texas. I mean, it's its sure. own country. I mean, sure. you know what I'm saying Saying there, right? I do. I do. Yeah. I know you have some clients down there as well. So When I look at Texas, this guy had really a big ego, been doing a great job, very successful. He has over 105 properties. Okay. So he's a big deal. Okay. I'm not going to mention his revenue because someone might tag him or understand who he is. So he came to us and he couldn't get funded. He thought our program was full of it, right? He says, This is just sounds too good to be true. I don't, I've been doing this. I've got bankers. I've got a fractional CFO. I've got this figured out. I don't see your help. So, then we got into asking about personal credit and company credit, this company's credit score. And he thought he had a good company credit score. So we ran the report, went through it. Here's the thing. He had some blemishes, but here was the big problem on fundability. He'd been in business for 20 years and moved to a lot of different locations and had filled out a lot of paperwork. We're all busy. When you're an entrepreneur and you hundred and over 100 properties, I mean, you're busy. Sure. <laughs> you got a lot sure. of stuff going on. So he would have filled out the Dun & Bradstreet and he put WM period. With the Secretary of State, he was listed as William. Well, you and I know that WM period and William mean the same thing as humans. Right. When a right. computer cross-references WM period and William, what does it see? A mismatch and it's an automatic decline. He also didn't have his phone number. Listen to this, folks. Your phone number can't be a cell phone number. It has to be a landline or a VoIP service. Now, the VoIPs can be what? It can be transferred to your cell sure. phone That sure. number. David, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you use 411 or your area code in 555-1212 to look up a business number?
1: 30 years.
0: Do you know if your business landline or VoIP number is not registered with 411 National Directory, it's an automatic decline for corporate funding? I
1: did not know that.
0: So that's another secret rule. So this is some education that Dave and I are providing to just things like that, having a, you know, a website or landing page, having a corporate email address. Your number has to be listed. You have to have a business bank account. There's just a little thing. Why is that? Folks, over 80 percent of small businesses fail in the first five years because of cash flow. Well, if you don't look like a real company, you don't have a phone number, you don't have a business bank account, merchant services, you don't have a corporate email, it's a P.O. box. You can't use a P.O. box. Well, I have a UPS store, David. It's a fancy P.O. box. It's still a place where you don't live and they can't access you. So a home address can be used, even though I don't recommend it because now they'll know where your family lives and sleeps the whole entire world. But you can do things and get systems and processes put in place it's all about fundability on the company no different than you are personally it's just a lot easier to get personal credit because there's over 4 million people using it to finance their lifestyle however on businesses they tell us that we can be protected from lawsuits as a limited liability corporation and we'll get funding here's the only problem we never signed up for the credit bureaus that report our business payments so we can build fundability with the corporate okay Lenders and vendors, right? No one told us that. So when you go to deposit your money in the bank, David, what happens? They try to get you money. They look at your IN. They just said, Hey, here's a business credit card. Or we can get you a line of credit, but we just need you to do what with it? Personally yeah. guaranteed. Sure. So you got to get it fundable and you got to find lenders and vendors that report. And this Texan, okay, that once we got his name right, got his phone number listed, and he had a couple of blemishes that he wasn't aware of, we were able to get him. All of these commercial real estate loans with no guarantors, not leveraging his other properties, he was able to get corporate millions of dollars in corporate in less than a year, all on his company now, which is a couple fundability rules and a couple secrets that he wasn't available on how to turn his company in standing on his own two legs financially just by the fundability rules, the corporate credit bureaus and using vendors to report and lining up so he can get access to the same things he was doing now, but he was personally guaranteeing everything, leveraging his own properties or his name to continue to grow his real estate company.
1: Yeah. And I imagine, does that also mean that in theory, if he wanted to, if each project, if he wanted to have as a separate entity, he could avoid that cross-collateralization? Yes issue because that's the other problem i understand there is that you know all 105 of those properties are all cross-collateralized so if he has one project that somehow just goes belly up or property that it's you know it risks the other 104 properties
0: Correct. And if you get it on your company, then it doesn't put that into play. Cause when you're using personal credit, they're always going to leverage those because you are. You're putting those other properties as a the guarantee against the loan for that new property. If it does go belly up or doesn't do as well as you thought, and that happens, right? When you're in real estate. I mean, most time you have wins, but there are losses. You don't have to put your other properties in jeopardy. Do those things on corporate credit. It's no different than if you guys remember Donald Trump, right? He opened up that huge casino, used $3 billion of the bank's money. And then after two years, it failed. I don't think Donald Trump wants anything to fail. He doesn't invest in things having to fail. Just didn't work out because of economy, location, and where the world was at the time. Well, he was able to walk away from that. Did it affect his personal credit?
1: Nope.
0: Did he have to give up any of his personal assets in that deal? I doubt it. No, two weeks later, you bought a golf resort in Doral, Florida, right? So without affecting anything with that, so that's the power of corporations. No different than I'll tell you another story. Remember Home Depot and Lowe's and LA Fitness, right? Those are all those are all Wall Street corporations, right? Stock held, stock owned, and all of that. During the pandemic, they were able to be open. You can only have fifty people in the store.
1: Right. right. They were able
0: to do that. But what about the local hardware guy in town? They had to be shut down. The local mom and pop fitness place. They had to be shut down. Yep. So there's a difference. And that's why we talk about this. Jay Gaunt. We're here to give the power and advantage back to the main street business owners by building fundability. So their corporation has the cash flow, the access, because this is all about getting cat ready access. Cash and capital for you to take on those storms, to survive those storms, and to grow and scale. Walmart, Sam Walton would not have been the world's largest retailer if he didn't figure out corporate credit. He would still be in Bentville, Arkansas if that was the case. So, now obviously, then he went stock, went public as an IPO. So that made it a moral difference for him to get there. But he would have never got to that position if he wasn't able to scale that, take advantage of. Back in the '80s, you remember when he took down Kmart, right? But it was through cash, capital, and corporate funding that allowed him to do the advertising and get belly up and take on the big giant. Now he's the big giant. So just consider that: that just because you're labeled a small business owner doesn't mean you have to be small. What if you wanted a franchise? What if you wanted to grow and scale? What if you wanted to buy your own property and land and build your own manufacturing facility, get bigger into the you know corporate real estate market? You know, be a truck driver and become a regional or national player. If those are things that you want to do and you just haven't access, you're having problems with accessing cash flow, the secret is building company credit on the tax number, that EIN number, and getting out of the personal guarantee and the personal inquiry game.
1: No, it makes sense. So, well, thank you for those several stories that illustrates it. So how does Jay Galt come into the, to the picture? What's y'all's role in helping these companies? Other than education, I'm sure there's more to it than that what's uh, how's your service work
0: we're a SaaS company which stands for software as a service so we have a robust platform that has seven step blueprint inside of it that Walks you step by step. But more importantly, we have a white glove concierge service, kind of a do it for you. But there's certain things you have to do. We can't use your bank lines of credit and your credit cards. And you don't want me to do that in your business. But we help you fix blemishes, where to go to fix them. So we provide a coaching service that goes behind the SaaS platform. So you're successful in your journey. So imagine getting a dedicated coach. They're not out of the Philippines or India. That's great for customer service, I think, right? All of our credit analysts and our finance analysts, we have a whole back office advising team that helps our members. So we are a membership. Yeah. Okay. So there's a one time fee that you would pay. And when you come into that, you get lifetime support from Galt through our SaaS product of getting business credit. So you have access to all of the corporate lenders and vendors that actually report. And our secret sauce is. We won't work with your, put them in our business finance suite unless they report to the credit bureaus that'll help you build a robust profile and credit. And if they don't show us the underwriting guidelines, because it's important to know what boxes must be checked before you apply for a loan. Because in the corporate vending and lending world, if you get denied, you have to wait six to 12 months before you can reapply. And that can really slow down momentum when you're okay. trying to grow a business. So you don't have, that's not how consumer credit works, but that's how corporate credit works. So we have that. We also help with cash flow management. We really define ourselves as cash flow management experts. Getting you access and leveraging bank's money at better rates and terms, understanding cash flow so you don't get into, what, expense or debt trouble, and then giving you a business valuation, David. This is the power. 98% of small business owners have never had a business valuation or appraisal done. So they, in their head and heart, they know what their company's worth, but you'll know exactly what it's worth how to insure it properly and where to invest your time. You'll get clear sound facts about your company so you can invest your dollars and your time in the right parts to continue to grow the asset that you're building and properly protecting it, allow you to do what plan for an exit strategy. And those are typically $10,000 on average. We provide that every year to our members with Jay Galt. So we're really here with our three columns of getting fought corporate financing, access to lenders and vendors that report, Understand your cash flow management as you grow in scale and then having your business evaluation so you know the value, where to invest in it and to plan and know exactly if you want to sell it, when is the time to restructure, when is the time to sell it, or if you're passing it down to one of your kids to run, eventually you want to make it a generational company. Now you'll have corporate credit built where they can walk into the seat. You can ride off into your retirement years and know that the corporate funding is going to be there for generations to come. So the legacy you can leave behind by building that company will be passed on to generations, your kids, the grandkids, and so forth and so on.
1: No, it sounds great. So where where should what should people do is their next step if they're interested in learning more? Go to the website. What's your what's kind of your first entry point for potential new customers
0: i would highly recommend that you do that david i'm fine with you sharing my for your audience depends on how big that audience is my personal but i would go to jgalt.io that's j-g-a-l-t no period just jgalt.io and then you can check out our services and what we do and if there's more questions there's a place where you can connect and have a private consultation if this is something you want to talk more about okay
1: That, that sounds great. And that's jgalt.io. Yes. Okay. What is, we're wrapping up here. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I had asked you?
0: Wow. That's a great question. You did a great job. I mean, obviously I can understand why you have a successful podcast out there, David. Well, you're too nice. Um, Oh, no worries. I mean, you've been doing this a long time. I, the only thing that I would share with American entrepreneurs out there today is we're really passionate and just me as an owner, my goal is not to sell something. It's if we, I have four companies. The only reason why we Cole, my partner and I started Jay Galt was to serve and educate, but there's more than education. It's all about impact. So if there's something where you're wanting to grow an asset and you want to get there, we're here to have a intelligent conversation, a consultation, if you will, about where you're at, where you're wanting to go. And about eighty percent. You didn't ask this. So does everybody want Jaygalt? Of course, we're going to think everybody needs Gault, right? It's our company. Same thing with yours, David. I'm sure you feel the same way. If you're exporting products, you won't find a better guy, right, outside sure. of the country. So we're really great at what we do. But only about eighty percent of the companies we talk to every week take advantage of Gault services because right. it's not for everyone. So there are it depends on where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish. That's why we're kind of looking at ourselves as the doctors of business credit. It doesn't make sense for everyone. It may not make sense today, or it may not make sense at all. If you're just exactly. have a side hustle or something in your house that you're just doing is just to make some additional income to pay off debt or something like that. We're truly looking at companies that are looking to grow and scale and you know, really be disruptors like us in the product or the services that they're offering across the United States.
1: Well, thank you for adding to that. So as we wrap up, that's Jerry Vaughn with Jay Galt, JGault.io. Jerry, this has really been fun. And I think there's a lot of great value that your company provides for, you know, small to medium sized privately held companies. So I really appreciate you taking time to to come on the show and, and share some information.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be on it, David. So thank you so much again for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. There we have it,
1: another great episode. Thanks for listening in. If you want to continue the conversation, go to icdiskshow.com. That's ic-discshow.com. And we have additional information on the podcast, archived episodes, as well as a button to be a guest. So if you'd like to be a guest, go select that and fill out the information. And we'd love to have you on the show. So that's it. We'll be back next time with another episode of the IC Disc Show.